You know, some people have bought into homeowners associations and they don't really know what they actually bought into. And so they, they think they bought a house and they don't realize that they're actually signing on to contribute a share of everyone's property. This is a community effort and, and sometimes we have to weigh the, the needs of the many versus the needs of the individual. And, and, and so I really want to try to keep that, that ball rolling for Cobblestone. Common Sense for Common Areas exists to help all 2 million HOA board members nationwide have the right information at the right time to make the right decisions for their future. If you're a board member, that's you. Stay with us weekly for actionable insights that minimize stress, avoid catastrophes, and protect your property values. This episode is sponsored by three businesses that care about volunteer board members, Association Reserves, Community Financials, and Kevin Davis Insurance Services. You'll find links to their websites and social media in the show notes. Thankless Shop, what comes to your mind when you hear those two words? Having served on the board of my condominium association for a few years and then followed by decades of experience in this industry, there is one job that without a doubt deserves to be at the top of the list, an elected volunteer community association board member. So a regular feature of our weekly podcast is a once a month episode devoted to sharing the stories of real life unsung board heroes. In our eyes, a board hero is one of the 2 million elected volunteers who are worthy of recognition for simply performing a thankless job well. We hope these stories will affirm the value and importance of a board that takes their responsibility seriously and inspire and motivate board members across the country to keep up the good work. My name is Zach Perry. Uh, I am the uh, 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 current board president for the Cobblestone Owners Association. Um, we are a, an association of 157 owners. Um, I have served on that board for one year now. Uh, I was just reelected. Cobblestone Owners Association is located in Urbandale, Iowa, just outside of Des Moines. The property is approximately 35 years old, and because their bylaws prohibit rentals, it's 100% owner-occupied. Zillow estimates the value of a unit at Cobblestone to be between $200,000 and $300,000. We asked Zach what first motivated him to become involved in the governance of his association. We, we started to undergo a, a sort of board culture change um, with the last iteration of the board. And um, they, we hired a pro professional property manager and then uh, we needed to do a reserve study. And so we formed a reserve study committee. And so I volunteered for that committee, uh, having no idea what I was getting into. Um, thought, well, I, you know, I've been living here for six or five years and thought, well, I should help out. And so I decided to get involved with the reserve study process, learned a lot about what was going on and what needed to be done in our community. And uh, so when the opportunity came to run for an at-large position, I thought, well, I'll give this a, a go for a year and see what happens. And and so now it's been a year since that. And so we're two years in, reserve study for a year, board member for a year so far, and and still still going on. And so I ran and, and, and got on the board. Cobblestone was built in five phases with bylaws that called from one board member for each phase plus two members at large. That's a total of seven board positions. We were curious to learn about Zach's personality and what special gifts he brought to the board. Uh, I'm a pretty driven uh, individual. I'm early, early to, to rise type of person, try to get as much done as we can. When possible, I like to be a little laid back and a little more joking. 
you know, there's definitely some snarkiness and, and uh, sarcasm that can come across uh, when we're having conversations. But then, you know, like do do tend to be able to d- dial that back down uh, when I'm conducting a board meeting or, or things like that. But it does have to you do have to keep it kind of friendly when you're in a volunteer position. I think working with many, many homeowners. Well, I do have a little bit of, of a disorganization tendency, but I think that almost helps because uh, I'm always thinking of different avenues to deal with the problems that we're facing as a board or as an as an association, whether it be about work or the board, or you know, I'm thinking about how are we going to you know solve a problem you know three, four, five years down the road and, and really working toward that. But I think that's probably my biggest strength that I bring to the board. In a post-COVID world, we wondered how the board was meeting and what the meetings were like. We meet virtual on Zoom. We have not gone back to uh, in-person for for a few different reasons. One, we've had better attendance on Zoom than we ever had ever in the past. I mean, we were we were up to one point uh, two thirds of our association was attending and even in the winter, you know, and so it's in Iowa, it's dark and cold in the winter by the time board meetings would happen at 7 p.m. And so virtual is so easy. I can finish work, log on my computer. All my board members are there. Any owners who want to be there are there. It, it helps with uh, code of conduct, with uh, owners forums. Um, it it, it makes sure that we're when we're conducting the business of the board that we can allow owners to watch and and be aware of what's going on. But we don't necessarily have to deal with the untimely interruptions and things like that. As you heard, Zach's path to his current role as board president was a years-long journey that involved several smaller roles. And during that time, Zach became aware of what he refers to as a profound financial problem. What's motivating me to stay on the board is the desire I have. I usually want to finish a project. When I started, I want to make sure that it gets done. I want to make sure it gets done right. The, when I was on the Reserve Study Committee, we uncovered a profound problem in Cobblestone. I mean, we were 4% funded and uh, we had you know $7 million of depreciated physical plant that we needed to fix. And so we're well on our way to, to helping to solve that, but I really want to make sure we see this through and we take care of the, the community and, and really change the, the culture of how people think about being in an association and making sure that they, they know that this is a community effort and, and sometimes we have to weigh the, the needs of the many versus the needs of the individual. And, and, and so I really want to try to keep that, that ball rolling for Cobblestone. Full disclosure. Copplestone Owners Association has been a client of my company, Association Reserves, for several years. But since our services are engaged through their manager, this is actually the first time we are getting Zach's perspective on the work we do. To get a sense of how big an impact being 4% funded had on the association, we asked Zach for more details about the budget. So currently to help fix our our results of our reserve study being you know 4% funded, um, we worked really hard over the last year. I think we're up to like 16% funded now, but we are practicing austerity measures on operations to really try to help out with that. And so we're running about $350,000 a year uh, for our, our annual budget. As a reserve specialist, it's not uncommon for us to deliver bad news to our clients, but we're not always privy to how a board decides to respond to the reserve study results. Our board's current focus uh, right now is to uh, work to improving the essentially the results of the reserve study. Uh, and so when we had our reserve study done, again, we found that pretty much the majority of our exterior uh, components were all at the end of their useful life or beyond, and they were all in need of replacement essentially yesterday. 
the uh, we had 120 some active roof leaks. And so the focus of the board really is to restore the physical plant of the uh, association. And that's the roofs, the sidings, gutters, and all that. And that alone sort of resets the depreciation clock, which will improve our uh, reserve percent funded. We're working toward getting our, our reserves to where they need to be so that we can continue to function well and into the future and, and not have to go through the hardships that we've had to go through the last couple of years. An effective board must work as a team. Here's how Zach describes the culture of the cobblestone board. Culturally, what we're trying to do with our board is is really reestablish the idea of a, uh, a professional board that uh, understands fiduciary duty and all the components that go with that. It understands that when you're on a board, you have to change your hat from homeowner to a, a, a board that's looking at how do we protect the interests of the entire community. Um, and that's been a little bit of a struggle for, for some of our, our board members, um, but they've definitely come around and really we worked hard on that. We went through a really big struggle um, in our community to increase dues to a level that will help us get to a better position financially, as well as uh, fund the, the our, our projects to, to restore the physical plant. Um, and so we've gotten that done. Now we're about four or five months out of that. So things are going a lot better financially. Uh, and so we have, as a board, become a little more relaxed there, but we're still working hard to make sure we're, we're looking at fiduciary duty, running our meetings with Robert's rules, and and really following you know bylaws and the governing documents there. Learning that Cobblestone was only 4% funded was a shock for the board and ultimately a shock for all the other owners. We asked Zach to describe the process of passing a special assessment and raising assessments. I was 18 months of work. Uh, extending from the original reserve study to its uh, dissemination to the community, what the situation we were in. I mean, we we as a community went through all of the stages that you go through when you're talking about um, bad news. You know, there was denial, huge denial. Um, there was anger, resentment. Um, I, I don't think we really got to acceptance until about a month ago. And that was even after we'd passed the increase. But I probably put in easy 200 hours of, of volunteer work in four months uh, to try to just continually work on that. Um, we had in our community in particular, and I say this to encourage other boards that might have to go through this, The you will have owners that, that will misunderstand the bylaws, misquote them. Uh, we had one guy, he said he had a, a way to do it for way less money. And, and we had to deal with like an, an anti-reserve study campaign. And so all of that is there. But in the end, when you get what you need to get past and you start to improve the financial and physical health of your association, it'll feel like Christmas every single day, especially when you start working on the projects there. I mean, you see the, the, the funds coming in, but you know, we started our roofing project two weeks ago. And every time you walk in, you're like pumping your fists, like all that was worth it because everybody's going to get their homes are going to be taken care of. You're, you're looking after your neighbors and you're, it's it's really worth it in the end. So. If you're struggling with that, keep up the keep up the fight. When we asked Zach about his favorite and least favorite aspects about serving on the board, this is how he responded. Favorite aspect of serving on the board, I think it's it's being informed. I mean, really, like when you're on the board, you are informed of every little nook, cranny, everything that goes on with your association, both the good and the bad. So you really get to, to work on that. And it's also been a, a huge growing experience for me. Like when I, I jokingly say that I ascended to the presidency, um, the, when the previous president resigned, it 
really, I was kind of wondering, am I really ready to take this on? Because I'd never served on an association board before. I'd been on another nonprofit board, but not anything near this complex. And so I was not quite sure, but I do like the the challenge of being on the board and the, the personal growth that it has has provided me. My least favorite aspects. Well, you know, some people have bought into homeowners associations, but they don't really know what they actually bought into. And so they they think they bought a house and then, well, I get my, my lawn mowed in, or my shovel, my snow shovel. And they don't realize that they're actually signing on to contribute a share of everyone's property. And, and so that's, that's sometimes teaching them that, and that, that can be a bit of a challenge. As in any elected position, board members can leave a legacy that affects future boards. It's clear that Zach is proud of what the current board has accomplished. We're curious to know whether the prior board had set Zach's board up for success or failure. The immediately prior board, I would say, set me up for success by starting this whole process. I mean, the previous board, they started the the hiring of the property manager. They ordered the reserve study. They they really started the, you know, they were rubbing the sticks together to start the fire of this culture change within Cobblestone. And, and so they set me up there uh, for that. The, the one thing I would say that may have set me up for failure, and I, I think it actually ended up turning into a, a setup for success, was I joined the board uh, and I was a novice. And then uh, we had one board meeting and then the president kind of disappeared a little bit and then he resigned. And he had his, his very personal reasons for doing that. I don't blame him or any bad ill will or anything like that. And when that happened, I had no idea what I was doing. And so sometimes that can be overwhelming when that happens. Uh, for me, it was more of a, like, here's, here's some, uh, some fire let's let's light it under you and and then i just took the ball ran with it as you know full tilt head down and so it ended up being successful that way but you know i, I fortunately have six other board members that are really supportive and really competent and, and, and to help me out with all that based on our experience about 80 percent of association governed communities are professionally managed that leaves 20 percent that are self-managed we asked zach about the decision the cobblestone board made regarding the management of their association so our property is professionally managed. We use uh, West Property Management, which is operated by Jeff Westendorf. Jeff was the the manager that we selected after an extensive um, RFP and interview process. We specifically chose him because he had experience with reserve studies and developing long-term financial planning for associations, as well as managing the restoration of associations that were in a state of depreciation like ours was. He's given us quite a bit of service and, and, and really done a great job. But even the best manager on the planet can't perform their job well if they're hampered by a dysfunctional board of directors. Here's what Zach had to say about the culture of the current Cobblestone board. As far as our thought processes as a board, um, we are pretty consistent now. We've had a little bit of turnover over the last uh, 18 months or so. And, and we really have seen the people who have stepped up and, and decided to be of service on our board. They really have embraced this idea of, of fiduciary responsibility and making sure that they understand what their role is on a board, you know, making sure that they're not, you know, breaking any, any best practice rules and things like that. We asked Zach about how the external world is changing in ways that may or may not be reflected in the board meeting conversations. The external world, you know, we're dealing with uh, you know, trying to understand the realities of inflation 
and how that's affecting our, our percent funded, trying to understand how that's affecting project costs, things like that. Um, you know, when we were looking at uh, our reserve study and saying, okay, how much are we going to need to replace our roofs? Well, we shared that information with the community and several people who had been in construction and retired for 20 years, they're like, there's no way roofs cost that much. And I was like, well, have you been to Home Depot lately? Because the sheet of plywood is like $70. In our board discussions, had had to address that and really work on an education campaign to say, yes, roofs do cost this much. We we got we got seven quotes to to say this is how much this actually costs as part of our reserve study process. And so we really did vet these numbers. The reserve study is correct. And and this is how much it's going to cost. And this is how we need to work to raise money to do that. So I would say that reflects the the external world um, and its changes and how it, how it affects our association. You know, in, in the external world, I think a lot of people aren't dealing with managing 157 homes. So our board conversations, you know, they might not, it's almost like a different type of kitchen table conversation you might have with your spouse you know, at the end of the day, okay, well, we need we need a roof. So how are we gonna how are we gonna work on that? Well, we might go get a second mortgage. Well, in an association, you're having a board conversation and you're saying, well, I, we we probably need new roofs there because they're they're all leaking. Um, how are we gonna pay for that? And, and then you have to get 156 other buy-ins to say that, oh yeah, we agree with how you want to pay for that, and, and then also work around. You know, the people say, well, my roof's not leaking, and then deal with the culture change of saying. Yes, your roof's not leaking, but because you live in an association, you are responsible for a fraction of your neighbor's roof, and we need to look after your neighbor as well. It was clear to us that Zach had gained a lot of wisdom and experience over the years. He's been actively involved in governing his association. So our final question to Zach was about the advice he would give to someone considering serving on the board. So advice for someone who might be considering joining the board, uh, I would say uh, definitely go for it. You might be surprised with uh, the challenges you face, but also the growth that you'll go through. Uh, you'll get to meet lots of good neighbors. You'll, I mean, you'll, you'll really get connected with your community. And if you're worried about not knowing how to do it, uh, don't worry so much about that. Everyone on the board is a volunteer. No one starts out as an expert. Um, if you're looking for information on, on fiduciary duty and you want to know more about that, there are association-specific lawyers who have great presentations on YouTube about that. If you're worried about the finances in your association, uh, you can look up uh, reservestudy.com and and check them out. I think the link's on there directly there. But you'll learn a ton about reserve studies, what percent funded means, things like that. So don't worry about not knowing all this stuff. The manager will help you out. YouTube will help you out. And, and you can look up all that stuff. So my recommendation or advice would be do it and see what see what comes out. And even if you don't think you have the time for it, you know you can also participate in your association on, on various committees and things like that. But I, I would definitely encourage you to try working on the board. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Zach, for performing a thankless job well. Kudos to the entire board of directors at Cobblestone Owners Association in Urbandale, Iowa, for taking their responsibility seriously to act in the best interests of the association. You've been listening to Common Sense for Common Areas. Thank you to each of you for your engagement and support. To continue the conversation, you can follow the social media links for Robert Nordland, Kevin Davis, and Julie Adaman in the show notes. If you like the show and would like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. You can subscribe to Common Sense for Common Areas wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And please share it with another board member. You can do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. 
And you can also support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. You'll find links to the website and social media for Association Reserves, Community Financials, and Kevin Davis Insurance Services in the show notes. But the most important thing you can do is to engage in the conversation. You can email your questions or voice memos to podcast at reservestudy.com or call our 24-7 voicemail line at 805-203-3130. This podcast was produced by Stokelight Video Production and Marketing. With Stokelight on your team, you'll see sales grow as you reach more customers with videos that inspire action. See the show notes to connect with Stokelight. Finally, remember that the views and opinions expressed by the podcast, including host, co-hosts, and guests, do not constitute legal advice. We encourage our audience to consult with their own legal counsel before making important decisions.